Hey there, this is Bo James, and on behalf of the Wix Church of the Nazarene, I just want to say thank you for joining us. I believe there is something for you in this message, and I pray that it will help you grow your faith. Enjoy. Heavenly Father, I just ask that uh, you open our hearts, our minds, so that we can hear your word, and that the, the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart, that they're pleasing to you. Pastor uh, BJ asked me to show that video to you all today. I'm part of this organization. We are the 22. I am a Marine. Uh, I'm a disabled veteran the United States Marine Corps. My husband was here actually a year ago. He's also a disabled veteran the United States Army. He married up. He tells people he married me because I know how to clean a bathroom. He doesn't know this. I do it with his toothbrush. <laughs> anyway, that's an ongoing joke. Um, but uh, I'll talk a little more about this organization and what we do. But today I really want to talk about Psalms 4610. And that's what we're going to be in today. And you're all like, 4610, everybody knows that. Be still, know that, we, know that I am God. Everybody knows that sermon, that little verse. But for me... It's one of my favorites because it got me through so much in my life. It's my witness. Got me from point A to standing here right now. To working with veterans for We Are the 22. See, I grew up in uh, a very unusual family. My grandmother was Nazarene. My grandfather was Baptist. And my parents were agnostic. I was a confused child. I had Wesleyan theology, I had Calvinistic theology, and then there was the agnostic part. So when I would go to church... I would hear the story of, right? The story of Adam and Eve. The story of Noah's Ark. Always started with the story of. I was a curious child. I loved history. History was something that was important to me because it was something I could grab onto. So I remember, and I don't think they do this in school nowadays, but I remember in fourth grade in history, studying history in fourth grade and going up to my teacher and going, we're talking about the Romans, where's Jesus in this? And my teacher looking at me going, no, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't do that. Don't. You talk about that in church, we don't do that here. Didn't make sense to me. I couldn't connect the two. So I talked to my grandma, I talked to my grandpa, and then I talked to my parents. I got three different answers. I was confused. So let's flash forward to my teenage years, my late teens. I went to church, got baptized, because I knew of God. I knew of Jesus. I had this fundamental faith of Jesus, of God. Right? And I got baptized. 
And, but I still had these questions. It was getting to the point I was having this ongoing argument with God over the Bible. Because I was still the story of. I could not connect the stories of the Bible with my faith. I was, how is this relating to history? Because I was still looking at the Bible as not understanding this was not a history book. It's not a science book. It's not a mathematical book. It's God's word. But I knew they were still part of history. Right? But I still couldn't understand it and connect it. The funny thing is, I didn't understand it then. I understand it now. I was doing what was what we call hermeneutics at a young age. The who's, the what's, the when's, the where's, the why's. But I didn't understand it then. So I was having this ongoing argument. So what do I do? I joined the Marine Corps. Joined the Marine Corps, walked away from the church for a while. Did that. Got retired out on disability. Excuse me. I'm getting tied up here. And then I left the Marine Corps, moved to Houston, Texas, and worked in the oil and gas industry. Got a job I was nowhere near qualified for. But somehow I got this job. I was working in the executive arena of the oil and gas, gas industry. So I was learning about professionalism. And then 9-11 happened. In the meantime, between all of this, still having this ongoing argument with God, going to different churches, still searching, still wondering. And then I get a phone call. Hey, we want you to come to Iraq. Really? Okay. What the heck? Something different. So I got offered a job. Went to Iraq. I got hired as a senior logistics coordinator. It's a contractor for the Department of Defense to run five Ford operating bases in Iraq. And that was in 2004. And I remember I was sitting in Baghdad Airport, bombed out. It stunk. There had dust storm had gone through, so there's a haze of dust. And I'm counting the shingles that are hanging from the ceiling, and I'm waiting for this puddle jumper plane to show up that's supposed to take me to northern Iraq to Tikrit. By the way, Russian fighter pilots are flying this plane, so I'm really excited. And I'm sitting there, and I'm counting, and I look down at my bag, and on the top of my bag, I notice there's a small Gideon Bible. And it hit me. He sent me to Mesopotamia. God's tired of me arguing. I'm in Mesopotamia. I'm in the middle of a war zone in Mesopotamia. See, my job as a senior logistics coordinator gave me the ability to travel all over the country because I was responsible for also moving convoys. 
I had the opportunity to go to southern Iraq to the, to the area of Talil and got to see the archaeological site of the old city of Ur of Abraham's birth home. The ziggurat that's mentioned in Genesis, there's a picture of me, if you ever Facebook me, of me sitting on the steps of the ziggurat that sits behind Abraham's birth home. God was trying to speak to me through the Old Testament. God was tired of me arguing with him. So he sent me to Mesopotamia in the middle of a war zone. So here I am, traveling all through Iraq, getting an opportunity not only to see these things, but also to talk to individuals whose families have lived there for generations, thousands of years. I talked to Christians in Iraq and their families and the stories they passed down, even the Sunnis and the Shias that lived there that talked about Abraham and his family and what they meant to him. The things in the Old Testament, I started to learn and understand. I'm walking on the same ground they did. Why am I arguing with God about this? Now, because I traveled with the military, I experienced a lot that the military experienced. Mortar rounds, gunfire. Things I will never speak of. My main base that I was on was on Fab War Horse in Bakuba, Iraq. There came a day, it was about 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, I had to meet up with a convoy. So I walked out of my chew, which was our container housing unit. And it was a blackout fob, which meant we couldn't have any lights on the fob. We were this little, tiny fob. I called it a sardine can because we had roads on all three sides and then the, I think, the Tigris River on the other side. And we would sit there sometimes and we would watch them drive down one side of the road. They would shoot a mortar round out the back of the truck and we would watch it fly over the base and hit the road on the other side, and they would miss the base altogether. That's how small we were. And so one morning, I walked out, stepped down my stoop, and I'm walking to my office, which is about 30 yards away. And I'm walking to my office, and I kick something. Now, we all carried radios. And I thought, that's odd. So we had these pinpoint lights, and mind you, it was a moonless night, so I couldn't see anything in front of my face. So we had these pinpoint lights, and we had either a red lens or a green lens that we could use. So I pulled out the pinpoint light, and I looked down with my red lens, and I realized I just kicked a live mortar around that landed there and hadn't gone off in the middle of the night. So something happened that quick. As I turned 
to turn off my radio because I was afraid that my radio, the frequency, would set off the mortar round. So I was turning off my radio. All of a sudden, I felt this presence so strongly, and I knew it was the Holy Spirit. I knew it was God. And I heard him so clearly say to me, stop arguing. I'm here. I've got your back. That quick. Okay. Turned off the radio, evacuated the area, called the EOD. They came out. I knew the guy in, who ran EOD, he was about yay tall. <laughs> he came out. He said, okay, we're going to take care of this. I said, please don't blow up my chew. <laughs> I've been living in this chew for three years. Do not blow it up. So when they do a control debt on the base, they always call control debt, control debt, control debt. Boom, right? There was no call over the radio. Just a massive explosion. We all went into a panic. Oh, I blew up my chew. He comes running into my office. Everything's okay. It just went off prematurely. He looked at me and he said these words. He said, do you believe in God? I said, well, yes, I do. He goes, good, because he's got your back. And turned around and walked out my office. year and a half later, after I'd been there for five years, I left Iraq and went home. I'd been home two days. And I told God, I said, whatever you want, I'm here. I open myself to you completely. I thank you for sending me to Iraq. I thank you for sending me to Mesopotamia. I thank you for showing me those things. I'm opening my heart to you. Here I am, whatever you want. I've been home two days. And you'll never believe who walked in the door. My husband, Adam. He's heading to Iraq. He comes over to my cousin's house and we meet for the first time. Three days later, we were knew we were getting married. And here we are 11 years later. Because we followed God's plan. We knew it's what God had in store for us. 46, Psalms 46.10 Be still, know that I am God. Does not mean Be quiet and sit there. But it's so commercialized. We see it everywhere, right? We see it on bookmarks. We see it on, 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 uh, uh, pillowcases, on frames, on, on throw covers, on painted on walls. It's all over the place. Even my non-Christian friends, they'll sit there and go, Yeah, you just sit there, meditate. 
wait and listen to God, see if he speaks to you. And I'm like, no, that's not what it's about. Yes, we listen to God. We want to hear from God. But what God's saying is stop arguing. Get up and go do. You see, what happened with me was I had faith. I understood God. I understood who he was. But I went from understanding to doing. That was my conversion. You understand? That was what happened. And see, what happens to us sometimes, even as Christians, is we forget we got to go get our hands dirty. We got to go do. Even though he says, be still, know that I am God. Don't argue. Don't go, well, I don't know if I want to do this. I'm not sure if I should do this. I don't even know if I'm good enough to do this. I mean, we were talking in Bible study earlier today about fear. And how fear stops us. No. Go do. Being still doesn't literally mean be still. It just means let God take control. And let him do so you can go do for God. Give him the worries. Give him all that. And go do. Get your hands dirty. He'll wash them for you later. I promise. He'll clean your hands later. Just go get them dirty. Go do the work. That's what we need to do for God. And that's what he was trying to get me to do. That's how he got me here. Because he's like, huh, finally, y'all listened. It's not easy. Sometimes God, I like to say, hits us with a two by four. Because sometimes he does ask us to do things that we're like, are you sure? Really? Am I qualified for that? Yes, you are. Because he's going to put people in place to help you do what you need to do. He's going to give you those things you need to do. Be still, know that I am God. God does that for us. God helps us out with that. God puts us there. It also means to just simply surrender to him. That's it. Just simply surrender to him. When we argue with him, we're not surrendering to him. We're butting up against him. We think we're surrendering to him, but we're not. I know I wasn't. I thought I was, but I wasn't. This world is restless. It's turbulent. We have a lot of things that are happening in this world. We have a lot of worries. We have a lot of concerns. Just turn on the news. We have to lay it at his feet. 
and we still have to go out and get our hands dirty. We do, don't we? So the organization that I'm with, Watt 22, we go out and get our hands dirty. I'm also the chaplain for that organization. We go out, we get calls, like Michael said, sometimes at 2 o'clock in the morning. I got a call recently, and I it was from the Malvern Police Department called us and said, hey, I need you to come out. I've got a vet who's at a hotel. He's He's having a PTS episode. We don't know what to do. He's from out of town, and he's drinking. Can you come out? Sure. And when we come out, we wear bulletproof vests. We have uniforms. We have trauma first aid kit that's got a tourniquet. We've got Narcan. Whole nine yards. Because we don't know what we're going to come up against. And I show up as a vet first. Because I need to speak their language. And then eventually, I'm there for them as a chaplain. And let them know that God's always there. And that God has their back. Just like God had my back and still has my back. It is okay to ask God and wonder. Don't get me wrong. It's okay. God says, hey, I want you to do this. Okay. I know you want me to do this, but I'm not sure if I can. Can you give me some strength? It's okay because God knows us. God knows you're going to be a little, maybe, wondering if you have the ability But also at the same time, ask God to give you the wisdom and the strength to go get your hands dirty and also knowing he's got your back so you can do it. Always and forever. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for us being able to gather together today to be in your house. This is such a beautiful day. Lord, thank you for the blessings you've given us today. Thank you for the blessings you continue to give us and the blessings you are going to give us. And thank you for the wiggles and giggles that we have in this church because, Lord, those are our future. And we thank you so much for that. Heavenly Father, we know that You always have our back. You are always here for us. And Lord, we want to go out today and get our hands dirty this week. We want to walk the path that you have for us, Lord, and just keep us going on that path this week. And Lord, so we can come back next Sunday and we can let, and everybody can listen to Pastor BJ with some new exciting preaching. And Lord, thank you so much again for your son, and that we can be here to worship you. And the whole church said, Amen. 
Hey, I hope you received exactly what you needed from that message. If you want to connect with us, you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, or you can always find us in person if you're in the area. If you'd like to support our ministries, you can find us on Tithely. Thank you to those who support our church. I hope you will subscribe and join us on the next one. And remember, you are loved. Thank you.